This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, the only uh, card... Uh, Flora, huh? they, they asked us not to read an ad. Oh. Enjoy the show! Shape Changers, Robot Monster Guys. Deep in the heart of the Stekepticon lair, Megachanchan lays out his latest nefarious plan to defeat Oopoptimus Prime and the Floor Autobots. Star Squonk, take Thunder Sounder to Scape or Swamp, where we can seize the human technology to step down our voltage from 440 to a more manageable 220. Uh, but Mega John John, I don't know what that's called. Never mind the name. Just go seize the technology. Go! Meanwhile, at the Floor Autobots headquarters, in the heart of 1980s Tokyo, Oop Optimus Prime addresses his loyal Floor Autobots. So, using my new algorithm, we were able to take a function in the time domain and map it into the frequency domain. I call it a Laplace trend. Oop Optimus Prime! There's trouble in Skateboard Swamp in North America! We'll need to check this out. Bumble BVP, you're with me. Floor Autobots, get going! Keep it down, Thunder Sounder! <laughs> we need to load this equipment before the Florado bats arrive! <laughs> Look, Bumblebee VP, it looks like they're trying to steal electrical equipment. Are you going to eat that pretzel? You're right, Bumblebee VP. It sure does look like a ferromagnetic core wrapped in copper windings. Let's take care of this. Floor Autobots, get going. We're too late, Bumblebee. The Floor Autobots are here. I don't know why! They're just here! We have to go! You kiss your primary engineer with that mouth! <laughs> Star Squawk, drop that electrical equipment. Oop Optimus Prime! <laughs> it's not random electrical equipment! We're stealing tricks! I said drop it. <laughs> the stairs are creaky. That's right, Bumblebee VP. <laughs> Star Squawk to Mega Chachan! We have to leave without the equipment! <laughs> that was a close one, Bumblebee VP. Looks like that electrical equipment was more than meets the eye. Shape Changers, Robot Monster Guys! Yes, that is the high quality drum drama you expect from us. Dr- drama, drama, drama. Man, uh, hey everybody, how do? How do indeed? Welcome to Blurry Photos. I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecco. 
And? And there is no and. It is a two-man operation, and there's no room for a sexy third wheel. There's an and today, Mother Licker. That's right. We become a badass big wheel. Flora and I are the little <laughs> tiny ones in the back. Flora's the one with the brake, because he knows how shit works. <laughs> <laughs> I broke mine off. <laughs> well, you see, we have a very special big wheel. Because today, we are talking today, tonight, to whenever you're listening. We're talking about robots. Robots. More specifically, robot apocalypse. Is it robot apocalypse or robo apocalypse? Well, I think robo is what the kids are saying. Robo apocalypse. The idea that we are currently building the 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 machine of our own demise. Oh. That robots will inevitably overthrow us all, and and we are just just happily skipping down the path. And uh, we we mentioned it on. Uh, the apocalypse episode. Yep. This one's honing in because we have a bona fide expert. <laughs> That's right. We did. We had a, this is, this one's out of our pay grade. And so we brought in, uh, our guest today is Johnny Maltby. He's a process automation engineer, a master student who focuses on robotic control system and the, uh, alumni mentor for UIC's robotics club engineering design team. Woo. This mother Hubbard knows robots like I know saving the Titanic, <laughs> which is to say very well and also with a lot of shame. <laughs> Hello, Johnny. Hey, Dave. Hey, David. Thanks hey. for having me. It is our delight. So let's let's talk. We've got a, we've got a, a pretty good road to, to walk with you, Johnny. And at the end of it, we're all dead. <laughs> Does it have to be this way? I'm going to go ahead and say that it does not have to be this way. I think a robo-apocalypse is very unlikely. Oh, it's a, this is your typical uh, typical pro-robot talk. I mean, I, I should have vetted this guy before he came in. I didn't realize we we're going to have to listen to his, his propaganda. <laughs> you, you want to keep your family safe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stop using fear and intimidation to make money. Now we're going to have a quick break. Do you love your family? <laughs> Are you worried about the coming cataclysm? If your family does not have clean, fresh water to drink, colloidal silver to rub all over their bodies, and fresh food pouches with my face on them, you don't love your family. So, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so what we're going to talk about uh, in this episode is, um, I guess, how how would the world go about uh, spiraling into a, a robo apocalypse? Uh, and yeah. then what what can we do to save ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, what said Bropo- Go up a flight time. of stairs would be the best defense against oh. robots. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, he did uh, go there. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess what we're looking at is why why are robots on the wheel of potential death? And uh, what are we doing now to not only move towards them killing us, but what are we doing to keep them from killing us when we get there? So yeah, let's start. Uh, let's start with well, tell us a little bit about what what you do in your own words, what you're working on these I, days. I, I, and a, stuff. Rem- a reminder: you are under oath. <laughs> well, in volunteering at the Chicago Engineering Design Team, I basically come in a couple times a week, help out young students learn about robotics, learn how to fabricate and design robots. It's a really good club. It's free for anyone to join. A lot of these students come from zero to one robot households, and they 
have a non-robonormative <laughs> They <laughs> never had a robot to look up to. <laughs> Broken homes. <laughs> Zero to one robot household. Yeah, it's a it's basically just a laboratory slash workshop where any student can come in and collaborate with other students on robotics projects. And you swoop in to be like, whoa, 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 guys. Pump don't, the brakes. Yeah, that don't, is not you're, you're focused you need, on the death claw, but your you you're, really need a buzz saw. Your armature doesn't even work. What good is a death claw without a functioning uh, programmable armature? Exactly. You see yeah. the big picture. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's have, about the basics. Yeah, we go to three competitions a year. Mm-hmm. One is the Jerry Sanders Creative Design Competition, which is for telepresence robotics, which is basically a fancy way of saying remote control. Okay. Hmm. We go to. One put on by the United States Department of Defense, the Intelligent Ooh. Ground Vehicle Competition. Uh-huh. Is that in any way connected to DARPA at all? MK Ultra? No. It's a, <laughs> it is a, an is that- obstacle course oh. in Michigan where different teams from all around the world compete and see whose robot can go the furthest around the obstacle course. Hmm. Do, ever, do robots ever finish it or is it just like a grueling hellscape and you just get as far as you can? Some do finish it occasionally. The course changes from year to year, and if people seem to be able to beat it, they'll increase the difficulty next year. Oh, okay. And if and if the winning team gets whisked away in a windowless van, <laughs> uh, the winning team gets twenty thousand dollars and and a windowless a ride van. in a windowless van. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It, but they redid the interior, so yeah. It's, it's really nice. comfortable. It's, it's a nice ride. It's got some. <laughs> it's got some Sabbath on the stereo, so you're doing all right. And what's a the third? Painted on the side. No. <laughs> uh, the third is the lunar mining competition from NASA, and that is where student teams compete against each other to compete in a simulated lunar environment, or this year it's a Martian environment, where they have an autonomous robot which attempts to collect certain types of material from the Martian landscape while avoiding other types of material. So basically you can think of in the soil aggregate, there's certain desirable compounds you'd like to gather and some that you'd like to leave behind. So it's hmm. who can gather the most of whatever the desired compound is in the so least amount like, of time. The, it's like a well navigating a, a new, new timey prospector. Yeah. It's, it's chickens bot in 2015, the Mars rush. You guys yeah. know, you guys know Gus chickens. No, there's no. that, that, it's. I'm going to take the time to explain it because I love Gus Chiggins so much. He's a a one-time use Will Ferrell character from when he was on Saturday Night Live, who is just a an old-timey prospector that just shows up to inappropriate places and he's <laughs> oh covered, I remember that yeah, he's covered in pots and pans and now I'd be more worried about coyotes if I were you. <laughs> now uh, Flora and I actually went to visit. Uh, the robotics lab, and we got to see this exact robot in its in its build state as it as it moved forward. It's got a high capacity hopper; it can hold a lot of aggregate. Got some treads. Mm-hmm. Now, is it so? Does it does it load and then separate, or does it preferentially load? I believe the current iteration of it uses a sieve system to preferentially load. Nice, but that's who knows. It could always change. <laughs> well, that's design, isn't it? Right. I've altered the project scope. Pray do not alter it further. Yeah! <laughs> uh, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is what I like. So I, I'm, I'm glad that we talked about like mining on Mars, mining on the moon. What is the purpose then of 
as we make more complex robots and they're good news. There are no stairs on Mars or on the moon <laughs> that the government yeah. has allowed you to know about. Dave. <laughs> oh. oh, this is just oh. one episode, dude. Oh, my nose is bleeding. <laughs> we have a rule. We spread this shit out. Okay. That's how you get multiple seasons of a podcast. <laughs> um, so given the fact that we are making increasingly more complex robots and you had the best uh, idea of how, well we're doing with that do you think that it is necessary or even um uh worthwhile to send humans into space i think it's very worthwhile to send humans into space because right. it's so f-ing cool it's awesome <laughs> why would you not want to go to space <laughs> correct answer because That's a cor- that everything was... is trying to kill you well here's the thing whenever <laughs> someone is an expert on robots you got to know whose side they're backing yeah. and the best way to do that is to ask a series of questions and very calmly get your gun out <laughs> robots are here to help us all right good to help get us into space all right then once there it's anybody's game it's like the wild west dude because we do have i mean as it, there's space for both humans and robots up there zing so what do you think do you think it's easier to start at the end and discuss why people are so damn afraid of robots overthrowing everything and then kind of build that back to no to, i think we save it okay I think, I think we save the dessert <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in how we get to that point right. to where robots actually, I guess, become sentient and, and want to take the world for themselves or whatever, whatever they want. What do they want? Yeah. And I, I imagine you can get down a rabbit hole of how you, how you would define sentience mm-hmm. and to what degree, because I mean, a very elaborate set of operating instructions could mimic sentience. They could it could create a, a situation where a robot is making its own decisions about, but, mm-hmm. but still operating within its parameters, but, or even learning when a right. robot's trying to harm you, you don't really care if it's self-aware. You just, <laughs> you're trying to be harmed. Right. Yeah. You but just wish I you had that giant goes, pipe wrench. It goes back to like, why does the robot want to harm you? You know, does so, I mean, there's like either spiteful harm where a robot has decided you know, yes, I do need to eliminate these humans. They're in my way. Or if you read different AI researchers, they'll talk about, you know, accidental harm where you could have a robot whose function is to build as many cubes as possible and it will eventually run out of material and there's material in humans. So it will yeah. just not even differentiate between raw building material. Bone cubes are humans. almost as good. <laughs> um, you know, there was a, a really interesting thing they were talking about uh, with I mean, an autonomous, the Google cars that they keep talking about, these autonomous navigating cars. Those are Google cars. Those are robots. You know, they they absolutely are. And there, there's been a lot of discussion about how do you program, uh, for lack of a better word, ethics into a car, uh, a car. Say, say for example, you're in your Google car, you're, you're autonomous car, you're ripping down the roadway, you're going over a bridge and up ahead of you is a, uh, a bus full of school kids. You can't slow down in time. What does the what does the your autonomous car do? It can either veer you off the bridge and kill you, thus saving the busload of kids. It can continue going and slam everyone into the busload of kids. I assume a robot would be smart enough to not be going so fast in the first place, but we're ignoring that part of this. Could have been hacked. Could have been hacked. Well, then it was. <laughs> By, it could have been hacked by that 4chan. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Teenage cybersecurity experts. That's right. I, I think uh, when you introduce uh, an outside force to that, then I, 
I don't think I don't think the 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 outcomes are are relevant at that point. But I mean, but, it's gonna it's gonna do whatever the outside force wants it to do. You know, it's gonna slam into it or kill. It's gonna do one or the other. Right. But what what which what does if, it what do you, what do you program it to do? What choice? Because I mean, my example is a bad one because it assumes that it wouldn't have stopped in time. But there are situations that I'm just not thinking of right now. Where in that where it's it's plausible that you would find yourself in a situation. Does the car kill you, the passenger, um, or does it does it opt to drive into three people on a sidewalk? Or you know, like I think that's the main sort of realistic danger you would have with a robot is having unforeseen consequences of how it's programmed. Yeah. Whereas you know you'll read a lot about evil robots are coming to get you. Whereas realistically, it could just be. Hey, someone didn't carry a one, and now uh, this robot is just mad with rage. <laughs> but what is rage? Yeah, some some guy. Yeah, some guy is not as good as math as he thought he was. Or well, I I'm just thinking that in in that case, the robot would probably do the most statistical uh, probability to keep you alive, right? Mm, I mean, I I you would think. I mean, unless it's programmed to the 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 most statistical probability to keep the most number of lives alive i don't yeah, know i yeah. wish there were easy laws of robotics that <laughs> no, like how many people. yeah three just, to just, four yeah <laughs> maybe a xeroth law <laughs> i you know what I'm, as i'm off around here i i don't know that i can find anything <laughs> nice i've never read i've never read asimov look at me not ready for this episode whoops a daisy what are the rules First rule: Don't talk about oh, robots. Don't talk I know about them. robots. I just want you to say them to make sure. <laughs> First rule is: No robot can harm a, a human. Uh huh. Right. No but, robot may harm itself unless. Uh, all right. Fine. Fine. One. You chuckleheads. I'll ask a robot. I will just escort myself to the penalty box now. <laughs> and, and, and no, no robot can uh, wear a violate. T-shirts. Can can do. No, no robot. Can do the rule to, that violates the first rule. <laughs> no, no robot hurt nobody. Mm, that's the rule. I'm Isaac Everbaugh. <laughs> no robot hurt. <laughs> okay. Don't hurt nobody, robot. All right, here we go. <laughs> My name's Isaac Everbaugh. Robot should be chill. The okay. three laws of robotics, as, as written by Isaac Asimov in his book, I, Robot, are as follows in chinese it's e robot <laughs> in french it's a robo um one Your a robot. robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm two a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law Three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law Robot nice. four. St. Davis High School football rules. <laughs> so great. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Those are those are I mean, the that works. There's, there's works for Asimov. Yeah. Worked for Will Smith. Did it. Did it. <laughs> what so what was it in, in iRobot that caused them to be malicious though? It was uh, intentional programming. It was it was done by someone else. Like someone was like the robots weren't doing anything wrong. Someone hacked their code and made them into an army of, of dickfers. So that they they ignored the the rules, right? Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't I think they were programmed to not follow them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think robots have the option of ignoring rules. So they just have to. Daniel Poole or whatever his name was. Yeah. Put a stop to it. That's right. I mean, we're a long way off from like robots making decisions. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw last year, there was a huge deal where a team of students from, I think Harvard had an autonomous robot buy a sandwich from Subway. Or it might have really? been it might have been University of Tokyo, but some <laughs> school they Sounds like got Tokyo. in all the robotics press for having a robot buy a submarine style sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, so guys, we can speculate about these things, but right now that's cutting edge. Look, <laughs> let's build a robot to punch itself in the nuts. <laughs> I would do that. Sockbot. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. We called it Project Scorpion. <laughs> Um, but but Bad these bot. things these things these things advance so quickly that that every one of these milestones, as as kind of silly as it may be, I mean, within our lifetimes, I mean, these are going to get very very. I mean, we will have like when we're when we're in old age homes, we will have robotic helpers. That's that. What do you think? Do you feel like that's? I. It depends what day you ask me on that. I think there is. Well, computers will continue to keep getting better and better robotics is a very difficult field where you need if there was a firm with unlimited money and unlimited resources Uh they could probably get there but realistically so many people are competing against each other where i feel like we don't have the robotics growth that we could have and that stinks i would like to see i would like to see more robots and i think i i think that i'm a fan yeah i'm pro robot (laughs) probot probot I think that we're going to have more. I think it's. I think it's going to blow up. I think in the next ten years. I mean, look at the rate at which just what you're like talking about said. Moore's law. The, well, the that's the computing power. Alan Moore, he uh, yeah. the, the Watchman. <laughs> Moore's law that the the better your graphic novels are, the weirder you have to fucking look. <laughs> Is that how that goes? No, I mean, there's there are groups working to commonize pieces of robotics research. Um, Robot Operating System is an open source project where... Rob? Ross. Robot Ross. Operating System. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's for people who can read. <laughs> but only three letters. <laughs> it's uh, the idea of making as much of robotic software open source as possible. So I can write a program to control a robotics arm and whatever my preferred language is. And then you could Fortran. import that. Usually Fortran. And you can import that to control your robotic arm at a different project. So that way it is pushing people away from repeating things that have already been done before. So you right. know, that gets a lot of the low level lifting out of the way for you to try new novel things. And I imagine that there's so many, I mean, it's not an accident that, <laughs> that so many different, like you see these robots, uh, Sony is making robots. Um, uh, is it Toyota? Honda. Honda, thank you. I knew was, I think Toyota uh, has some robots as well, but you're talking about the one that walks up the stairs and Yeah, they all look they all look like they just took a dump barely. in their pants. <laughs> um, but they but they, they all operate very similarly because these companies are all developing them from scratch and they're kind of they're like just what you sharing. said, they're they're no, they're not sharing at all, actually. They're but they're 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 duplicating work that one of the other has already done. Oh, I see. Um but what you said earlier, like you mentioned Google buying up a ton of robotics tech companies. I mean, like most of the companies that had uh, contracts with DARPA in the last 18 months have been bought by Google. I mean, this now that Google is, is a very forward looking company. 
do you do you think that I mean, and I I'm very consciously trying to stay away from like, oh, do you think they're trying to control our future? No, you, they're, no, you see her. They're a tech company. They see a they, they see a profitable future in robotics. They're they're trying to get in on the ground floor of as much of this work so they don't have to build it up from nothing. They're already cherry picking the most promising robotics programs and designs available and 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 you buying them up for for god knows what reason i don't yeah, know they, they Sentinels? just picked up stop uh, the mutants boston dynamics which if oh geez yeah we any of the listeners we talked about that oh it's already been discussed so no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry don't go to youtube do a just do a bing search for boston dynamics pet man and uh you'll see some incredible videos <laughs> we you, you, <laughs> you just had to bing search it didn't you you just had to had to drop that if you know a Just different decision engine that the <laughs> listeners could use, search on the internet. I'm all ears. Johnny, do you watch Fringe? I have never seen Fringe. Oh. This there's, is exactly the kind of quirkiness I associate with a robotic expert. They, there's a mega um, technology corporation called uh, Massive Dynamics that's based in Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really, really funny. So so my question is then, like, what do you think the purposing of that is if if not – to functionally build a future business on robotics. I mean, I don't know. I'm asking you to speculate what the hell Google's doing. to build a functional future on robotics. I mean, I think that uh, autonomous cars will be a very profitable thing if whoever gets that problem right. Yeah. And I personally can't wait for them. Me neither. I hate driving on the highway and the commute. I I'm all for having a glass of scotch and a, read a book on the way home from work. Yeah. And, and if that and, can't come fast enough for me, I and have the, the more cars that are autonomous, the less traffic there is, the less emissions. I think you wouldn't need stoplights. No, they would just time themselves to go through. It'd be fantastic. Exactly. It would be glorious. And the other thing is that you, you wouldn't need to buy a car anymore. There would just be this continuous cars just jump on like functionally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly like you pour super glue on yourself <laughs> <laughs> instead of, I mean, instead of buying a car, it's just like Uber or anything else. You, you buy into a service where, and you have access to their fleet of cars and there's always a car near you. And so now you don't need parking lots anymore. Oh, sign me up for that. You know, I mean, there's you, so much wasted space taking yeah. up by parking lots, but then when you're in Chicago, you can never find a place to park. It's mm-hmm. annoying. I robot so cars. The, I, so yeah, the car drops you off. It goes, you know, it goes right back into circulation with other things, or or maybe they do have if if you know obviously demand at five p.m. on a Wednesday is going to be much different from you know five a.m. on a Sunday morning, and so maybe they they go into hubs, but there's always a car wet ready to pick you up and drop you off. But in and they're all playing by the exact same rules, the the efficiency, the lack of emissions. It's it's great. It's- it's safer. I mean, think how yeah. many car accidents happen due to negligence on the part of the driver. Right. You do hear occasionally mechanical failures in the car, but that accounts for a much smaller percentage. Well, of that's another accidents. thing too. Like, are they going to be self um, repairing cars, or are there going to be you know little car bots, drones that fly around uh, to to come in and when there's a malfunction or something, you know, do you? Well, that's, that's a, a whole new. How do you know how bad the malfunction is? Can you make it back to the shop yourself? Yeah. Do you need to? I mean, just I'm, I'm assuming the, the compute, the onboard computer would just relay, you know, everything that's wrong. And but take a worst case scenario. Like I imagine you're, you're whipping down in, in our fair city of Chicago, you're whipping down Lakeshore drive and your car experiences a malfunction. It determines that it cannot continue to go. 
So it it makes its way to the side of the other cars, which are also autonomous, are communicating make with it. room for it. It slides over. One of those cars that's empty pulls in right behind you. Another one pulls next to it to block any other traffic, which you don't need to block anyway because they're all aware that there's a problem here. Because of the laws. They've automatically rerouted themselves, and you simply walk to the other car. You go about your business, and a maintenance car has already been dispatched to the location. There's virtually no interruption to anything in that worst case scenario. Now, I actually, no, that's not the worst case scenario. That's a best case scenario for a malfunction. <laughs> if the malfunction is you don't have any brakes yep. or are you suddenly can't then steer are, two cars, are the cars submergible pincher maneuver on you oh, and slow you down like the cops do. Classic pincers. <laughs> a pit maneuver. A robotic cop would do that. Oh man. What about a Johnny cab? You're in a Johnny cab. <laughs> Hell of a day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I mean, they'll, they'll probably be able to, um, you know, be submergible and, and you could just drive on into the lake if you needed to, right? At that point, right? Everybody, and, right? Am and, I a That's just me? No? They'll obviously be able to also get you a Subway sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> We've solved that problem, people. <laughs> Law number four. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you've heard of the... Uh, Amazon and uh, well, just Amazon uh, having the drones that they want to get to deliver packages to people, right? Like you order something online and then like four hours later, it it buzzes in on a drone. They're currently testing that in England. The FAA rules in the US ban it outright, so they're never going to Obama. (laughs) They don't get to test them, but they're currently testing it in a a limited degree in in England right now. I wonder how it's going. Hey, pips. Hey, buddies. Pips a diddles. <laughs> hey, hey, friends. It's not sixes and sevens. Get your mincemeat pies delivered to your door. Two, Two hours. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The good life. I said birds. <laughs> Someone say birds. Um, no, I, w- I wish we could have the Amazon drones here. That'd be fantastic. People would knock them out of the skies for fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. Thugs, kids. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, let them try. Amazon will come up with a more evasive drone there's no human pilot on it you can perform maneuvers that would you know make a normal pilot black out i don't know like you can these... target womp rats in your t-16 <laughs> turning the targeting computer off. hey i'm not I... such a bad shot myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> touche gentlemen but like i because i like in my work like i i work at an art at an art auction house so i have to make sure that things don't get stolen or, or things like that i have to think about security so to my mind, part of my litmus when I walk through a room is, well, what would I take? Like if something sticks out to me as something that's particularly easy to do, I would, I'm like, okay, then we're going to make sure to, you know, it's like the way anyone would do that. I, in my heart of hearts, if I saw a little basketball sized drone, yeah. Amazon drone whipping by, I'd be like, man, if I had a baseball in my hand right now, you know, I'd rip it at that thing. (laughs) Would you be able to hit it? I mean, think about all the kids that try and, you know. Throw snowballs at birds and fail to hit them. Watch the same thing. If you have well, smaller robot kids who are programmed yeah. <laughs> to throw rocks at these drones, we now the we're in a real I've got problem. a backpack full of little little robots that throw tennis balls. That's the thing. These kids are smart nowadays. They're going to build small robots to throw rocks at these robotic drones. Oh, that's going to be brilliant. They got trajectories uh, down. They got velocities <laughs> down. These. They're already working on how to combat that, though, with uh, facial recognition and uh, CCTV cameras everywhere. They'll they'll have you apprehended in in ten minutes, bro. It'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, I took that bird down. 
Somebody didn't get a Daniel Steele novel. I win. <laughs> America wins. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like there's there's so many different ways that that robots are are currently or just about to be a part of our lives. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, robotic manufacturing has been around for the majority of our lives. Yeah, um, you know, uh, mechanical, mechanically assembled things. It's one of the reasons why. Um, our TVs are so cheap and it's why we don't have repair shops anymore because people can't replicate the work of the robots. They can't, they can't solder circuitry as finely as these robots do. And the reason why TVs are so cheap that we don't need to, to repair them any longer. It costs more to repair than to replace them because of robots. Yeah. You guys, you guys like TVs? <laughs> Anybody? You guys oh, like I don't those? watch TV actually. Oh, you fucker. So, uh, Johnny, tell us what all what all goes into making a robot. Can you boil it down to like like five steps? Like, yeah, that's a really good question. So, if you're going to, oh, I don't know. I've never built a robot. Oh, I hear someone. No, first of all, you need to really define what the robot is going to do. I think most people. I know probably in my head, when I first started building robots, you'd think like, oh, this is going to be my little robot helper. He'll do everything. <laughs> um, not really. If everything is to, you know, pick and place electronic components onto a circuit board for soldering, you know, then everything. So you really have to define what the robot will do. Hmm. Once you have that, then you can start brainstorming ways to accomplish the goal. So if we wanted to do a robot to navigate an obstacle course, like which is a, very real thing that people do you have to decide okay what are the sizes of the robot like it kind of does it have to carry things does it be can it be small how long does it need to last for uh in terms of like energy like power usage things of that nature you do that then you can start doing your actual like planning and design of the robot itself once you've brainstormed how it's going to accomplish those goals build what some kind of paint it's going to have kick-ass flames <laughs> Flame decals are step five. <laughs> um, Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> no, it's it, we work in parallel usually. You have someone yeah. working on flame decals, you know, because vector graphics can scale them up or you can oh, scale yeah. them down. So yeah. got to go vector. You need you need yeah you need to be thinking about the flame work right off the bat, but it doesn't get applied till the <laughs> Separates end. Separates the pros from the amateurs. That's right. <laughs> um, no, you, you can build some small prototypes, get the proof of concepts working, and once that happens, you can scale it up, and so. Uh, there will always be problems. Then you go back and try and eliminate individual problems. And realistically, the robot could always have some kind of improvements to it. You sure. just get to a point where eh, this is close enough for jazz. I'm doing what it needs to do. Now, is is there a component of programming in, into a some kind of? Jeez, uh, I don't see. I, I you're the expert. I'm trying to like come up with the terms. Is there? Do you, do you put in programs? Anything do you do you do you program it uh, with with code or anything or is it something different some kind of different Yeah, it's usually system. a collection of computer programs running. So earlier in the episode we mentioned robot operating system mm-hmm. and the ROP I believe the, the Roth yeah the Robs what, what the Robs. Think, that I think was? Uh, the creators call it Ross, but it's a publisher subscriber network of computer programs. So. It's a meta OS which sits on top of a Linux computer or a series of Linux computers. And you have lots of different programs that are each doing their own thing and they communicate back and forth with each other. 
And they do it in a very public way where everybody gets to see the data, everybody being the different programs, see the data being broadcasted, but only certain programs will utilize some of the data. So uh, you might have, we're talking about autonomous cars. You need line detection. How can you identify the lines on the road? That's a very real thing. Uh-huh. So you'd have one program looking for that, and then that would relay information and say, hey, you are veering too close to a line on the left. And that would give that data correct to the, uh, the steering components, and yeah. it would correct the course, and you're going too fast, you know, things of that nature. So it's usually not just one program. It's It could be hundreds of programs uh-huh. running simultaneously, and they have different, usually like, there could be a safety program where, hey, we're veering out of control, override everything, put on the brakes. Mm, yeah. You know, so you prioritize programs, but. And are these all on board or did you, the way you were saying it, it sounded like they were from like some centralized system. You know, it, it depends. Sometimes it's all on board. A lot of times uh, there'll be some components of it that are off board where a computer is very expensive usually in terms of power consumption. So if you can get away with it, it's nice to be able to dump a lot of that stuff off of the actual robot itself. Yeah. Unless you, you had the, a, an unlimited power source, right? Or Yeah. I mean, we're still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that one big draw drawback of... That's... Uh, in my mind, we're talking, you know, the robo-apocalypse is coming. Well, sure. Right. Not with current battery technology. You know, oh, you that's, just, that's a good point. You know, you never think about the, the power that they need to actually snap a neck... <laughs> I mean, I they, think about can, it all the time. They can snap a few necks, but eventually they're going to run out of energy. Well, and I think that that's something that 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 not just uh, the robotics industry, but uh, but but I mean the world in general is this technological bottleneck at batteries right now. Oh, uh, most of the low hanging fruit has been picked already for improvements in battery technology. Yeah, we're making small incremental improvements, but it's just one of those logistic things where you know everybody watches the zombie survival shows. But no one ever writes into the script, well, okay, the stabilizing agents in the gasoline have all That's, broken down, so yeah. we you. can't use these motors anymore. I bitch to Annie all the time <laughs> about how are they still driving on season five or six or whatever the f*** they're on. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way the gasoline would stay. Uh, no, it would not be viable. Annie goes, uh-huh. She goes, yes, dear. <laughs> The zombie apocalypse is hard. <laughs> so there Thank are there you. are elements to The Walking yes. Dead that are not entirely accurate to oh real life. God, yeah, I and think Mad Max silly, and personally. Like, but yeah, I mean, there Thank are you. <laughs> and robots running out of batteries. Are they going to get to new batteries? If you have certain types of batteries, you need special chargers. Robots chasing you. Robot gets low on power. Eh, if you're in the vicinity of a the special charger. Which specifically fits the connectors on that robot? Tesla the robot technology. Is smart enough, right? To do it. I mean, there's. I mean, there are. I mean, just in the last week, I've read two different articles about two different sty- styles of battery. Um, one of them was an aluminum. Um, it was a, an aluminum micro powder battery that used used uh, graphite. Now I thought it was going to be graphene because everything on Earth wants to use that these days. But graphene is so hot right now. <laughs> it is graphene is so hot right. <laughs> it, was, it was an aluminum graphite battery that can charge completely in 60 seconds and it holds a good solid stable charge at this point it holds virtually no power i mean so it's not hard to charge it it. it's a start exactly and so there and then there's like the um liquid metal batteries or molten metal batteries wow 
that uh, that powered T one thousand. Exactly. They, Jeez. It is. It. They're called. I, I'm trying to remember the exact phrase for it. I should look it up, but I'm not gonna. That'll show them. But it again. It's it's this high capacity, high energy capacity battery that is also, as you can imagine, has some stability issues. But the the amount of energy required to keep it um, liquid on the inside is still less than what it can withstand, what it can hold and output. So it's like you almost have to charge the battery for the battery. I mean, again, like, I mean, and a lot of the best materials for batteries are rare. Good luck yeah. finding them. Yeah. And there's a big In political problem with China, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. most likely. <laughs> yeah. Because there is, there's this constant threat of, uh, you know, we import all of our, our rare earth elements, almost, almost all of them. I think Larry Page is actually working on a robotics mining company to mine asteroids for some of these rare earth elements. Exactly. Oh, and we're right back to space mining because yeah, getting these, these rare earth elements that we use are, is really difficult. Like, I mean, lithium for batteries, Johnny, do you have any opinions about that? Lithium is one of my least favorite elements. Actually, it burns in air. It's just crap. And if you look, if you look on YouTube, you can see videos of like, it's that little foil packet battery of someone just stabbing it with a knife and it just going boom. With all due respect to lithium, it does have high charge density in these batteries, but good. So lithium's not, not going to show up. safe. Yeah. No, no, bruh. Nah. Are they, do you think that, <laughs> I don't want to say there's a conspiracy thing. Do you do you think that they're withholding battery technology? <laughs> there's there's that shadowy I, they right. I don't think so because whoever would indu- could produce a new battery technology would just rake in the cash. So I feel like people's but, greed is always going to be more than their right. willingness to have a conspiracy. Well, but I don't see how you make money by hiding a battery technology. It's kind of like a monopoly th- thing, though, right? Like they they withhold the technology until they need to release it. I, I realize, I mean, I I'm, I've already put on the tinfoil hat and everything, but <laughs> well, yeah, cause well, that's uh, that's sort of like a, a water powered car right. argument. That's what, that's, that's what I'm drawing the parallel but, to, but I mean, and not to get into the water powered car thing at all, but like, these are very different because the water powered car, that argument is, Oh, it's big oil versus clean energy or whatever, it, regardless if it's true or not. Cause it's not, on the other hand, you've got battery technology, which benefits everything across the board. It's not just like big lithium. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the sides are in that. But if yeah, if a, a company had the ability to 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 make these 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 great high capacity batteries, they just rule the school. Like they're there you couldn't there's nothing that they that they could you could offer them to hide it that would be greater than what they get for releasing it for for public sale is that kind of what tesla motors is doing right now uh i believe tesla is going open source with their charging technology right now where they want i think they want everybody to use their technology so they're just giving the plans away yeah, that was a, a huge thing a few months ago where they 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 were they actually rang the bell on the New York Stock Exchange and said, "Hey, guess what, everybody? This is how we do it." Because exactly what you were describing earlier about operating systems for robots, they want to be, for lack of a, a kind of a, an approximation, the operating system for electronic cars and for charging systems for batteries. That if if all automotive makers who are working on electronic cars or or up and coming companies all use a universal system, you know, it would be imagined by Tesla Motors Inc. Well, imagine if it's going to take a lot of R and D, even with 
having a full set of plans to procure places to produce it, get workers skilled enough to make it, train these workers, work out shipping logistics. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be cheaper to buy from Tesla in the end. And they're going to get a monopoly on electric, uh, electric charging stations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Imagine also if, if every, they're make money hand over fist for this. If every automotive uh, maker required for their engine to work a different chemical compound of gasoline, they, if they required something drastically different, if they all said, well, Ford's in Ford country, we use a, 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 a highly sulfurated hydrocarbon. And they're like, well, over here in Toyota town, we use an ethanol base that can't really ever work with that wouldn't, that would defeat all fueling stations. Like it would, it would kill the, the ability for people to even own them. And I think what Tesla is saying is uh, this is an opportunity at the beginning of this to establish an industry standard. And since we're the first people who are successfully doing this, which they most certainly are, why not us, bro? We, we, we solved this problem. So here you go. I think it's, it's, it's a smart move um, fiscally for them. Oh, it, yeah. it will, it, I mean, that, and they're, they're the cool electric car. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. wants a Chevy Volt. No. <laughs> but Tesla S series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want one of those. I'll take I'll take two of those. I mean, I'm gonna take three, shit. two to pull one like a chariot. <laughs> <laughs> you win. <laughs> I just ride on the hood of it. <laughs> <laughs> Big leather straps. Techno reins. <laughs> uh, that's great. I have heard that the the technology is being developed where I don't know if it's. A robot per se, but there are um, programs that are being created to learn. Is that something you all are familiar with? Have you heard of this? Like a neural network, a learning computer. That's actually free shout out to Coursera. The machine learning course is excellent. Oh, see for any of the listeners, it's a free course. I think they offer it two or three times a year. It's a awesome introduction to machine learning. You need a little bit of linear algebra skills, but they have some math brusher upper videos to get you up to speed. And it's a really cool way to see about machine learning, which is a big part of robotics. So just, so define which, machine learning. Machine learning is having algorithms, which the more exposure they get to a certain task, the more refined they get, where eventually they can encounter newer situations and extrapolate on old data, figure out you know new patterns to try and work out. It's... Th- how does Netflix recommend a movie to you? They see Poorly. which movies you've liked yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. And eventually they'll, you know, they'll recommend movies to you that are pretty good. The more movies that you select that you like, the better your Netflix recommendations will be. Gotcha. So that's, you know, machine learning. It sets up established patterns and that <laughs> Dave is kind of bringing up bigger picture. What is a robot? You know, robotics is a pretty huge field. You have robots that just weld things, you know, big arms. And you have the ones that, Walk around robotic cars. Is a learning algorithm the same as a robot? It's using an electronic device to manipulate surroundings based on input data. Could there so be? According to some people, I think it could be a robot. Could there be? I mean, two things. One, there was a really great Onion headline like 10, 12 years ago that, as far as machine learning, it says, TiVo gets it. You like porn. <laughs> um, but uh, is there a scenario? I mean, I'm, I'm inventing this. You've got a, a robotic arm with a plasma cutter on the end, and its job is to cut 
uh, one inch steel plates and that's what it does. And one day a worker gets in the way of that and it, I mean, it's, it's well built. It realizes there's a problem and it stops and it, it incorporates that over time. What if it overworking realizes, Oh, well I didn't actually have to stop. I could have just kept going. I could have just cut the the plate. And I, I maybe, maybe I'm f-ing that up by saying it realizes one day like, Whoa, what if I cut that dude's hand off? But could a, could a process like that incorporate aberrant, uh, aberrant data and, and, and sort of kind of get off the rails with that? I mean, there could always be any kind of malfunction. Right. I guess I mean, yeah, mostly. I, what, I mean, Johnny, why don't you know everything about my hypothetical situation? You're really pissing me off here. Okay. So we're at a factory, right? The government. The government. <laughs> You know, big safety is trying to shove down all these safety regulations to us. And because big band aid <laughs> wants to get their money, railroad it down your throat. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of times, robots will just observe the states around them. So, in the instance of your cutting thing, it there could be you know sonar sensors around the base of it, where if it notices that something is within a defined field, it will just shut down. So that way, you don't accidentally get cut. If it's a force robot, like pushing something, if it notices, well, I'm going to experience force when I'm at full extension and pushing this crate. When I come back, if I encounter some force, I know I'm bumping into something. So there's a stop. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these things will actually, they'll break robot parts before they would break a human or they're just hard stops. You know, gears will crack, right. you know. And, because that's the other thing is that it's hard. I think that we don't, and, and that's why robots are good at things that we're not. Like we, we have a hard time conceptualizing the world as seen by a robot. I mean, you see these, those really great demonstrations of articulated robot arms where they, they hold like they'll, they'll have like this tiny pinpoint and it just perfectly moves the entire armature around it. But the tip of the, of the armature stays at the exact same point in space. Sorry. I got so excited. I hit the microphone there. Um, Jeez, a robot wouldn't do that. <laughs> but that's the thing the the robots, like we, uh, we conceptualize our world in, well, I'll push this hard. Nope. A little bit harder. Oh, shit, too hard. Um, but a robot knows exactly what it's doing and to the precise degree to which it's doing. And so, for example, you're saying that in that, that, that pushing, you know, that, that force uh, application, the robot will know. I mean, it's, it's designed to know if there's more force going into it than it, than it usually does. And, and there's so, there's so many safeties built in, in that. Regard. They have access to different senses that we don't have. Yes. You can use vision with cameras. You can use audio sensors, but they can also use a laser Night vision finder, goggles, temperature, night vision goggles, uh, any night sort vision of goggles, uh, like adaptive vision algorithms for low light situations that would be worn over ocular cavities. Oh Yeah. Um, I like you it. could do, I mean, there's so many different kinds of sensors where you get input data from all sorts of things that we don't necessarily have access to, or if we do, you know, we can differentiate between hot and cold, but a human is going to have a really hard time telling between 68 and 69 degrees. Right. Or 98 degrees, my favorite band. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I got an example, actually. I used to work, uh, um, I worked in a su- for a summer at... Um, Circus sideshow, and you a get really good at deciding exactly how much people weighed. <sighs> Continue, Johnny. No. <laughs> I forgot where we were, actually. <laughs> yes. Let's CD. restart the episode. <laughs> Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> uh, no, I worked at a, a post-it note factory. Uh, really? At a 3M, yeah. That's and awesome. I, I worked on the machine that 
cut the post-it pads into the little blocks. That had to have been so satisfying. Uh, you know, it was long hours. It was a uh, 12 hour swing shifts. So it but, was, but to see it just like shunk. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the cooler machines in there, I guess, yeah. but, uh, it was, you know, you could set it up. Of course you could program it to, you know, whatever size you wanted. And it would, it, you basically just had to square up the, the blocks of, of pads and then press, press go and let it like shikung. And then it pushes and shikung and push and shikung. But it had uh, optic sensors under the blade. So anything that passed uh, in those sensors, it would automatically just freeze, just stop wherever with the blade. Because the blades were like three, three and a half feet long, you know, huge razor blades. How often did they have to resharpen the blades? Um, You know, probably every few days. I mean, there there was a lot of lot of paper moving through those. You right, know. I'll bet. Um, All my questions have nothing to do with robots. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I, you should have told me this some other time because I I think that's so cool. I would love to see that happen all day. There was <laughs> no everybody likes seeing automated processes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just think about when we we're kids seeing Mister Rogers, how crayons are made. Oh yeah, how bread yeah. is made. Absolutely. We all have seen these for lack of a better word, robots perform all these. Well, yeah, tasks. Like, it's fascinating how yeah. it's made is one of the best TV shows ever. Cause you can just have it on and that suddenly you, you really care about, you know, how a pencil is assembled. Yeah. There were actually two blades, two different stations. They were just a, a table apart and one blade would cut them uh, horizontally. And then you would take the big long strips of, of pads and the, the table was pneumatic air with ball bearings and you just slid it down to the other person at the other station and they turned the, the, uh, the slabs and stuck them in and it did it again. And that cut them into the cubes from there. Oh man. I wish that, so those, cool I wish see. that job paid a lot of money. Cause I would want that job. It does pay a lot of money. Really? Yeah. It, it was like, I'm going to Kentucky. <laughs> you could, you can get up there with, I want to be what a, you made. I mean, it's a factory job. You got to wear goggles, ear earplugs, steel-toed boots. You know, it's PPE, personal protective equipment. Yeah, but uh, and they, they, I think they've actually gone. My mom worked there, retired now, uh, and that's how I got a summer job there. But it's, it's just it, they went from twelve-hour shifts to eight hours, I think. Which, if you're like my mom, who worked there for so many years. Uh, doing 12 hours and was used to that. Yeah. It's a little little bit of a, a shock to go suddenly to eight hour days, you know, but. I would I would just be so fascinated to see all that oh, shit. All that stuff's really cool. Like it's the whole, like after you get done cutting the second time, everything's on like these little uh, sheets. Like you, you slide them all onto these, these big wobbly uh, sheets and the whole like the whole second part of the table just moves down onto a pallet and like drops the sheet off and then moves back up it's it's really like the whole thing's so intricate and amazing they even had like a cage system so if you had different colors of of pad you know you had like a purple a yellow a blue a green you could program which one you want and they'd had this big sucker system go in and go <laughs> And put down like the the pads on top of each other, and then they would they would get slid into the the cutter, and that's awesome. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's really cool. But all right. Anyway, sorry that no, I that was I was I love factory stuff like that. That's I, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. So so the the point was that you know it had uh, an optic um, sensor that that would sense if anything. And the, and the the point is safety. You know, if if somebody's hand or finger gets in there, and it didn't. I, I think there were ways around it. It didn't go all you know like there were blind spots that that you could find in there and uh, i i can't remember if somebody not not when i was there but i feel like somebody might have found one one time Ooh. but um that's uh, that's like what what you were talking about you know the the machines they they have so if somebody builds uh, a machine that has all these different sensor inputs they integrated it with a uh a learning program something I guess it depends if if these things went robo apocalypse style. It would depend on what they were programmed to do, right? It, I mean that and just their mobility. I mean, if a post-it cutter became sentient, <laughs> good <laughs> luck to someone who goes in the path of the cutting blade. But to would, someone right. who is feet away from the machine, they'll right. probably be okay. So literally, literally, how would you ever know? I mean, like, it's not like anyone's putting their hands underneath the cutting blade anyway. Yeah. That would be interesting. How do you test a machine well, to you, find out if it's <laughs> yeah. actually AWOL? You do have not. to get, like, under there oh, yeah. to, like, straighten the pads and pull them out and stuff. You you have to yeah, put yourself some in mannequin a, arms just way. to yeah. see. Some fakers. So, so in order to um, bake a, a robo-apocalypse cake, you need a robot that, first of all, is uh, accomplishes the mobility that's required. And I'm, I, I guess I'm just, I've got the picture of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger in my head. Right. Oh, yeah. So you need a T400. Is yeah. It, I mean, that, I think that is absolutely. Schwarzenegger's a T400, right? Yeah. All right. I, I hope so. Some listener is going to call in and. I'm, I'm going to check. You guys, I'm not back next week, so. I'm going to check. <laughs> so, I'm going to spout some more bullshit about the Terminator series. I think he might be a T300. <laughs> so we, so we have a, a, a skeletal robot or something that mimics uh, human form. Let's say that's that's step one. You've got to. It doesn't even necessarily have to mimic human form; just a mobility function. If there's a better way, you can also have a flying thing, right? Like a a flying drone or something. So, uh, step two is having a program that would be, um, I guess, harmful to humans when run. And then, when we're talking about learning programs, you know, having it be able to learn from its environment and make decisions that it can adapt. Uh, to and with that is sort of like an icing on the cake right it's it doesn't necessarily need that to accomplish a, a robo apocalypse i think if i were to be a mad scientist looking to start you know a small tech startup to have evil robots mm-hmm. i want to first tackle mobility then tackle reliable energy right right then i would want to get a way just to have the robots be harmful in general, right, right. That comes Besides, just algorithms. like strength, or maybe shooting well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, a very accurate shot. Yeah, you can. Robots will be stronger than humans, pretty much all instances. Yeah. Um, I love. I mean, as long as we're speculating on robot apocalypses, I think the most likely thing will be an accidental. If a robot apocalypse were to occur, which I don't think is very likely, I think it will be one of an accidental nature where. You know, you have some sort of self-replicating robot, and there's an error in the transcription as it's mm, replicating itself. Yeah, and the error propagates down the line. Something doesn't work right, and it's for some reason harmful to humans. I think that would too be much the most, to handle or something. Yeah. I think that would be the most likely scenario for 
that's that's the scariest thing to me is is self-replicating robots. Yeah, there's uh, something called a von Neumann probe, which was a. I just read an article about those last week. They're fascinating. Yeah, it's they don't exist, but a mathematician, John von Neumann, who I think he was actually worked on the atom bomb. So he's one of these old school scientists. He already knows how to kill. (laughs) (laughs) He can kill effectively. Uh, He had the idea of... Schwarzenegger was a T-800. Oh, wow. Yeah, T-800. Twice as good as you thought. Next time you watch Terminator and you see all the computer vision, they have computer code going down the side. Intel x86 assembly language. Really? That's what your Windows 95 machine runs on. Wow. (laughs) Fun fact for the listeners at home. <laughs> well, you said Linux was was one of the popular things to that that yeah. software's. Uh, well, it's because you're 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 building it from the ground up. Linux also uses assembly language, though. So so if you want to, so keep, store that away, uh, listeners. Learn go, go on online and learn some Linux stuff. Uh, Kernel that, that might that might help you one day. <laughs> <laughs> so so but von Neumann probes. Anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the most important von Neumann probes. Basically, John von Neumann hypothesized a way of exploring the universe where he thought you could have self-replicating probes that would spread out across the universe. They would, We would build one, send it out. It would build copies of itself. Those copies would go out and it would just keep propagating down the line. And it could relay signals through each other, right? Mm-hmm. You're still bottlenecked by the speed of light for information transfer. Yeah. But it would be a way of exploring and one of the arguments people have for or against alien civilizations is why have we not encountered any von neumann probes yet is it called space is big motherfuckers well von neumann probe is also a way to to bring about the end of the universe i mean of of like like because they keep plague locusts there was an episode of futurama right like a cancer you know they could have a transcription error and they yeah you know obviously there's a finite or maybe there's not who knows huh. a finite amount of material in the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could program the robots to say, Hey, only replicate three times mm. then yeah. stop. But if there's some kind of transcription error, which I could very easily see one happening, maybe they, some, uh, replicate eight times. Yeah. Some replicate 8,000 times. Yeah. And just, where does it stop? Is there a way to get back into the code after it's been programmed and, like I mean, if initiate self destruct. If, if you have a robot that is 800 light years away from you, it would take at least 800 years to get a destruct signal to that robot. In that time, yeah, and it could have made billions of more copies of itself. And keep in mind, these things are off doing their thing, irrespective of what happens here. We could launch the uh, von Neumann probe tomorrow, nuke ourselves out of the picture, and they'll keep going. Yeah, and that probe's just out there doing its thing. It's a, the, there was an episode of Futurama where Bender was uh, replicating himself and then he would make uh, two smaller versions and then the two smaller versions until there was just this like silver gray goo silver. Yeah. There's yeah. There's silver gray goo that was made up of micro benders that was destroying everything. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a comedy television program, but that's, <laughs> well, no, I think that's a no, good, that's real life, dude. No, it's in the future. It's, it's oh. a comedy television program that has some of the best science and math behind it. Oh. Anything that's ever been and written. social commentary. Yeah. Some of the best math jokes I've ever seen on television. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is one of the, the most uh, literate shows as far yeah. as science and, and things like that. But yeah. So for, so let's I say think that could be like a very, you know, if there were to be a robo apocalypse, I would 
go nanobots. The, bend, the bender theory. I can mm-hmm. see that being a very the reasonable the, way for us to all die. The robot. The uh, robot. The article that I read. Uh, started out with a discussion about von Neumann probes, but said that there's so many different ways for that to for that to happen. For example, um, nano assemblers. You know, if we sent out self-replicating nanobots to build something out in orbit or in space, just like you said, a transcription error. If one of them is built incorrectly, or there's some sort of issue with that, that that can just like it, just like a, a DNA transcription error. It, it can create cancer. It can create a problem where there's just or it could create Wolverine. <laughs> Or badgering. You need space kids to throw space rocks at these space probes, <laughs> yeah, knocking them out of the sky. See, that is what we... The y- youths could save us. <laughs> youths. Um, but yeah, and that could happen on uh, on Earth as well. There was, I want to say it was, it was a William Gibson, maybe it was Neuromancer, but he talks about how nanobot uh, nanobots are controlled in his science fiction world as tightly as say like weapons grade plutonium, like you can't get near them because the, 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 the potential for catastrophe is so great. The other thing, I mean, to play devil's advocate against the von Neumann probes and self-replicating, there's only so much stuff on the earth. You're not going to take a pine tree and turn that into like a Silicon wafer for a computer chip. Yeah. So unless you can start finding ways to wreak havoc with the strong nuclear force, in that case, you are already playing with giant energy. And <laughs> right. And the fundamental just, laws of nature. <laughs> you're just being silly with physics. <laughs> so Okay. So so we've run into a, uh, a limited resource problem because you, you kind of, well, maybe you do or maybe you don't, but like uh, the matrix comes to mind where the, the planet's taken over by, you know, the the robots and the whole of the, the outer um, surface of the earth is turned into a huge electrical grid or whatever they do. But like, that's not really feasible either, either. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, maybe the best way to avoid a robo apocalypse is to prohibit the construction of all thinking machines, have a jihad to destroy all current thinking machines, <laughs> maybe train humans to think like computers, probably need some sort of berry juice to augment their computational abilities. <laughs> get some sort of spice that could help them think <laughs> faster and live longer. I don't know. That's just throwing uh, yeah. stuff out there of a way to do this. You could, you could do that. Yeah. And have, uh, and, and enlist Patrick Stewart to yeah, who's help gonna, you lead. Gurney. <laughs> but, but who's going to, who's going to ride the worms, man? <laughs> well, somebody will be born one day. <laughs> Dune motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> We're of course talking about the Brian Sanderson new Dune novels. Is he doing new Dune? Yeah. No way. Yeah, bro. That guy gets to pick up and just do whatever he feels like. I've got the Mistborn trilogy. I still haven't read it. I haven't either. Well, he did a damn fine job with the abortion that Robert Jordan had left behind in the wake of his death. Hey, man. The wheel wills. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you. Listen, I'm not, I'm not some little boy that needs to be on apron string still. <laughs> <laughs> Men. <laughs> So okay, let's say let's say we've got the robo apocalypse on us. It's it's upon us. It has dawned. We're we're being systematically eradicated. What's going to be the best way to combat? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> I, know, no, I love this. I'm like uh, nukes. Really? E- EMPs, bro. Uh, when a nuclear device is detonated, a large electromagnetic wave propagates before the actual blast wave of the bomb. 
and that would fry most robots. I mean, yeah. potentially these robots could have taken courses on electromagnetic compatibility and found ways to shield themselves. A lot of times, your shield won't be big enough for an event this big. Hmm. So I think, you know, any kind of EMP technology would be awesome. Water. Yeah. Garden hose. You don't think some circuits. If if they were, you know, they could surround themselves in silicone casing or something, maybe. <laughs> some uh, jelly bots? <laughs> I mean, silicone is vulnerable to heat. So I think we're looking at best case scenario, a combination, flamethrower, super soaker. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, and that's hit him with fucking A and fucking B. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that you know, there's like kind of like this idea of like a maximum overdrive scenario where where everything that's that's linked electronically or through Wi-Fi suddenly it was like kill all humans. Again, I mean, what what is your coffee maker going to do to kill you? Nothing. Like what? Are, like well, most most things around you would have a very hard time expressing their newfound desire to destroy. But then, then you have things for like uh, military, like uh, drones um, or autonomous robots. They, I was reading an article about um, uh, in 2011, the army shut down a program for autonomous armed vehicles. They just, they just, I mean, or at least officially they did. I don't know. You can get as weird with it as you want with it, but it was going through trials. They thought it was going well. And then they were just like, eh, forget it. But in that, in, 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 a robe apocalypse. That's what you have to worry about. You have to worry about military hardware. It's built to it, a lot of that stuff would be designed to be electromagnetically shielded. Pretty sure it'd be somewhat waterproof, you know, like the, 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 the machines that were already designed to kill people are the machines you most need to worry about. But I mean, you know, like those, I think there is like a, almost a mundane nature to it that like, uh, you know, how, how on earth would my wrist watch, kill me just see and that's where i think you and i are on, on a different page because i'm not thinking of just anything that's got an electrical charge uprising you know i'm thinking of specific uh machines that are built to I- eradicate the human race a la terminator or uh you know so, something that's yeah. that's uh, uh, drones that that are uh programmed to seek out and destroy or, or I don't know. I mean, that's assuming their uniform and thought. I mean, maybe yeah. some will be robo pacifists. <laughs> yeah. They might come to different, different conclusions, but also uh, take a, a predator drone or a Raptor drone. Those are armed by humans. Those are loaded. So they're, they, fl- they're flown by humans. Yeah. So once they're out of their am- ammunition there, that's it. That's it for the time being. Well, uh, <laughs> We could sit here and theorize on any uh, anything, right? Which you've done a pretty good job We've, of so far. Yeah. I mean, we could go ad nauseum about. Well, dude, what if what if there's like uh, a re re ammoing drones that come around and refill the ammo? <laughs> we'll have to make more ammo. <laughs> we'll take our. Well, there's a machine that makes ammo. I mean, <laughs> we'll go into the saltpeter mines. Musket we'll bot. TNT them <laughs> shut. Black powder bot. And that's not even talking about like energy weapons and stuff that we you know that's not even around laser beam lasers lightning bolt magic missile prismatic ray (laughs) yeah i think to me the scariest uh the scariest concepts are the self-replicating and the and the nanobots which kind of go hand in hand yeah sign me up for also thinking those are the scariest yeah and that's that's where you you hear the gray goo talked about the Mm -hmm. gray goo is hundreds of millions of 
you know, if not more uh, minuscule bots, robots. Buildos and buildos. Right. And and it just sort of washes over and, and eats up everything or dis- dismantles everything in its path. You have tiny little nanobots crawl into your ear cavity. Yeah, you would temperature your brain like three or four degrees and you would just die. Yeah, syphilis bots. And that would be it. You can't fight against that. Yeah. Cl- Chlamydobots. Chlamydobots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So, there you go. Nanobots. That's the answer. That's the worst thing. How do you combat nanobots? You don't. Extreme I, temperature? I love this. Yeah, I love, I love asking you these going. questions as though there's like an Right, answer. right. Well, my, my professor says that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think temperature would be a pretty solid way. Electromagnetic stuff? Like, would, would, do, would they be susceptible to magnetic force? I think they might be susceptible to shocking yeah. Where when you're that small, you're not going to be very good at shielding. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of that's just having bulk for stuff to go through. So if you're tiny, you can't have very big shielding. So you, know, you can be vulnerable to, if there's a poop gray pool, you know, so 220 what, volts, 221 volts, whatever it takes. Just so shot. here's the what deal. If, what, but wait, what if you have 440 volts and you need 220 volts? What would you use to, to make that uh, a shape changer? I would get a ferromagnetic core, get some <laughs> copper windings around it and use magnetic induction to change the voltage from one voltage to a lower voltage. Okay. Good. Oh, so you mean a trans... Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, a transformer. There, I said oh. it. Oh, you mean an amplifier? Yeah. No. The, uh, an amplifier takes an input voltage and changes it. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so nanobots beget the force. Like you need you need to learn force force powers. Yeah. You and everybody becomes Jedi and Sith. Unless, Particularly Sith because they can shock them. <laughs> what about the Metachlorians? Aren't those just nanobots? Oh. That's probably just nanobots. F- me in for even saying that. That's are your cells nanobots? There you go. They are. Are we just robots? Insects are little tiny robots. Are we just meat robots? Meat bots. We do run off electrical charge. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, wow. Yes. What, what a discussion. What have we done? <laughs> uh, thanks for coming in to talk uh, to yes, us. Yes, thank you, yeah, John. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been fantastic. Um, and for us. We always we always like throwing out there the the scary uh, <laughs> ideas. and Right, exactly. And, and the dumb theories. That's, that's always a fun thing. But in the end, it sounds like we're... <laughs> nowhere near something like this happening right yeah no i think there's a lot more scary things going on right now <laughs> yeah yeah. No sh- yeah we don't have to do, we don't find have to find something that exotic to take us all out and we and it's not the same thing as the singularity right nope so have you seen the movie Sorry, transcendence as well no, i haven't no. why am i why am i shaking my head on a podcast because i'm an idiot no it's i think it's on hubbago right now oh one of right. those we watched it, and, and you know it's it is what it is. But okay. it deals with that, and it has some gray goo in it. Oh, so okay. check it out if you like this episode. That'll about do it. Yeah, uh, I think so I think that's that's a a little bit of the robo apocalypse and a self replicating <laughs> waterproof <laughs> electromagnetically shielded electromagnetically shielded nut- nutshell. I can think of something harmful to humans based on robots. Really, what robot puns? <laughs> Oh.
Nice. Oh, that's glorious. The worst apocalypse. I gotta warn you, Flora. You you are about to cross swords with one of the great slash worst pun masters I've ever met in my life. <laughs> no are we joke. allowed to use puns we already wrote down, or do you have to do them all yeah. on top of our head? Because I wrote oh. some down. Oh my god. It's like I, well, I never see the podcast. I just listen to it. <laughs> Everything's written down yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I don't. I make mine up at the very end, as you can always usually tell. Well, Johnny, you're our guest, so why don't you go ahead and start off? Okay, uh, first one is I have a new uh, store that sells thank you cards for robots. Oh, yeah? Yeah, what's it's, it called? It's called Number Stationery. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a co- that hits on a couple levels. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, this this one is uh, gray gray goo, but it's it's got a little bit of um, a light blue tinge in some parts of it, uh-huh. and it's it's a bunch of small small robots that are designed to uh, save people, save people in trouble, uh-huh. fight villains, and I'm pretty sure that no one knows who created these robots. The the robots don't have any parents. It's Batmanobots. Jesus, oh. <laughs> Batmanobots. <laughs> there is one um, technological construct a robot that they're that they they're working on right now. It's theoretical, uh-huh. but they're hoping that in the near future it will be able to serve mankind, um, and and not only help mankind but protect them thermally. From from the the hot summer months, it's the Froyo bot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys hear about this new Russian fairy tale? It's about an evil robot grandma that lives in the woods and gives <laughs> runaway children chores. Oh shit! Robo Yaga. He really does have iron teeth. Yeah, this is this is glorious. <laughs> well played, Johnny. <laughs> I've got um, I, I've got this robot that uh, hasn't actually been built yet, but it's it's there's a theory behind it that somebody's you know come up with this idea of a robot that that they launch into space and it goes and and plays music in space like and a space it, jam yeah and then it replicates itself nice try asshole but no <laughs> it, it replicates itself uh-huh. and it sends that and it just keeps replicating out into the the cosmos and and it's pl- all the time each one of them they're they're playing music and mostly the music they play is on uh, like pvc pipes and drumming it's the von blumen probe jesus <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> fantastic <laughs> you know there's been they've had a problem in eastern europe recently <laughs> With, recently uh, yeah very very recently <laughs> that they they tried to automate um some bathhouses and spas um but the problem is is the um they they became essentially they became self-aware and they started trying to reproduce with the male clients <laughs> and and in the attempt to seduce them ended up chewing up their mouths terribly really tearing up mm-hmm. their lips a lot of sores yeah yeah they were um albot stores <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a really bad 50s uh shopping place. <laughs> all right oh. the only thing more unstoppable than johnny's pun tirade 
Yeah, is the self-replicating gray goo that is <laughs> Listener Man. All right, right off the bat, Amy, who is extraordinarily prolific, wrote us in a story for our future ghost spectacular stories. I think it'll Ooh. probably be our summertime campfire jamboree. Campfire ghost stories. Um, Campfire stories, campfire ghost uh, ghost stories. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, how about this? Uh, a not so superpower. Yes. No matter what you put in the microwave, no matter what the time is selected, the item always stops right in front of the door where it's easiest to pick up. With this not so superpower, you are the with this not so superpower, you are the master of nuke nuke box roulette. <laughs> <laughs> um and this is an ex- this is an interesting question she writes i love betty and tabitha and i'd love to hear their reactions to our podcast huh. i think they'd find it uh like dancing with the devil <laughs> spin yeah, you right they, into the floor yeah i don't uh i don't i don't think they get into this sort of stuff i don't it's... think so either i think that there are certain things best left unsaid undiscussed and left underneath the filthy dirty rock it came under and who needs a half man half goat to keep you awake all night instead of sleeping that's what i think that's that's probably what they'd say <laughs> that's probably exactly what, what they'd say <laughs> what do you got flora thank you amy thanks amy dave i i'm having a lot of trouble thinking straight because you're drunk no sadly I just, I've just got mindless focus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mindless focus writes in to uh, say that uh, he loved the 100th episode. Woo, thank you. Thank you. And looks forward to the next 100. And um, he says, uh, check out Mysterious Universe podcast. Uh, we, and we do. We, we, we're familiar. Yeah, we we're do familiar. indeed. Who doesn't who doesn't like to hear about weird stuff with an Australian accent? That's right. That's that's, that's why we do it so often. Good night, Dave. Welcome to Blurry Photos. It's not a good Australian accent. Yeah, we, we wait till we go down there. Yeah. We'll visit, we'll oh, learn man. the accent. Oh, God. We'll, we'll yeah. come back so, and do Sorry it. to all of our Australian listeners for attempting that. <laughs> I I can't even think of something to say that to even try. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, no. I, well, um, Finish, finish, finish up. Mindless focus. All right, because I have something to say. A useless superpower. Bring end, it to end with blurdetic memory, the ability to perfectly recall any image at any time, but all slightly blurry, like eidetic memory, but one hundred percent more blurry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, thank you, mindless focus. Thank you. And speaking of Australia, Goat Girl, thank you so freaking oh, much. You guys. We got a package from Adelaide, Australia, full of amazing things. Cool, uh, uh, some cool postcards from her uh, gallery work. She's an artist there. We've read her emails before. Uh, her and her husband do amazing work. Boy. We got <laughs> some slightly suggestive but really cool Christmas ornaments. <laughs> uh, Perfect for f- <laughs> and we got um some dangle fingers dangle fingers <laughs> and uh just a bunch of really cool stuff which is the nicest thing in the it's world so cool. tons of cool um australian movie suggestions some show suggestions just a fun care package from australia 
I, I can't think of anything cooler or nicer. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You guys yeah. are amazing. Goat girl, you're you're the best. And your work is is amazing too. It is. I really, really liked cool. it. I like how much textiles you incorporate. Yeah. So so yeah, big big shout out to Jules. Yeah. Uh, I've got an email here from Rachel. 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 She says, Hello, love your show and just started listening in January. Well, welcome Hi. aboard. Hi. Uh, started with the Dyatlov Pass episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and been binge listening, if that's a thing ever since. Yes, it is. It, it's, it is. It, it's. Uh, and she has a show suggestion. This is something I think we may have discussed once, Flora. The Georgia Guidestones. Oh, yeah. Uh, we should get on that then because that's, that's yeah, been that's come thrown up, out there a few times. Yeah, I definitely want to get back into that. And uh, and if you do any bumper stickers or T-shirts, I, for one, would love one that says Thunder Sound. I think that's totally doable. That, that'd be a great bumper yeah, sticker. I like nice, that. Nice, easy. <laughs> yeah. Slam dunk. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> I got one more here, Dave. Heard from Nerdlingus. <laughs> I love that. Heard for some Nerdlingus here. <laughs> the f*** this guy got to say? Stugach. <laughs> says, hello, fellow Nerdlingers. I enjoyed your Druid episode whilst rotting away in my cube. Oh, uh, your pronunciation of Boudicca was correct. I only know because I listen to many history podcasts. Too. Oh, awesome. There you go. Uh, also, please keep up the Alex Jones impression. It's hilarious. <laughs> glad, glad you like it. <laughs> I always, I'm always like, oh man, nobody, nobody, nobody's going to want to hear more than like 10 seconds of this. <laughs> but, but I've been telling you for months to stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> along, along with the, the others, Reagan and Nixon. <laughs> On the other presidents. <laughs> our, 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 our signature sends up of America's leadership. <laughs> well. <laughs> you got to really get the jowls going and it messes up the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he says, on that vein, I'm from Washington State and I have an Alex Jonesism pun inspired by the Pompeii reference in the Druid episode with a local flair. This one's this yeah. this pot has a lot of ingredients <laughs> going in. Let's see how it how it tastes. I'm really gonna blow the lid off this one. The, the Mount St. Helens was an inside job. Rock doesn't melt at those temperatures with, with without thermite. The, 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 <laughs> the globalists did it to to contaminate Spirit Lake with with mind control fluoride and bury the evidence. Bye bye water filters. <laughs> See, I should have been reading that pun for months, people. Should have been should have read this months ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Your family's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Buy my water filters. Colloidal silver, good night. <laughs> uh, thank you, Nerdlingus. Oh, well, I will see you to close this out. I will see your Nerdlingus, and I will raise you a Mingle Dingle Dongleheimer. <laughs> no, yeah. you're, not, you're not touching my Mingle Dingle Dongleheimer. I'll <laughs> it's not raisin. Old Mingle Dingle Dongleheimer writes, just wanted to write you verbally to show my appreciation for the podcast. One of the few that makes me laugh like an idiot on a regular basis. It's a weird experience sometimes, too. Uh, it feels like do- it's like doing karaoke with a group of friends. Mostly funny, but at times awfully awkward and leaving you feeling ashamed afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's what we shoot for. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Love the show and much love from Argentina. Uh, felt needed. Uh, felt I needed to say this since I doubt you have many South American listeners. That's true. That's, That's right. amazing. Well, we're 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 really really expanding south of the equator. 
That's that's great. Yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, gracias. Um, yes. <laughs> so that's what we got. Uh, that's what we got for listener mail this week. We have quite the stack. Keep it yep. coming. Once again, we find ourselves at a crossroads. That's right. You can either sit there in your in your uh, cubicle rotting away <laughs> and keep working on junk. Or you could go to Facebook and like us. Yeah. Or you could go to iTunes and write a five star review. One, two, for three, us. four, five is or the stars. Or you can go to Twitter and follow us on blurry underscore photos. Or you can, I mean, you know, somebody asked us why don't we why don't we mention Stumble Upon anymore? Oh. Uh, I don't. I, does it still exist? Well, yes. Uh, we're on Stumble Upon. The when I redesigned the new website, I didn't have an option to put in a Stumble Upon chiclet. Oh, so it doesn't exist. So on our website it doesn't, but yeah. if you you can you can naturally stumble upon yeah. it still. Do what you do. We're you, we're into it. You can also be uh, a citizen patriot and <laughs> a citizen patriot squatch hunter and and punch that donate button. Oh yeah. As uh, in addition to uh, visiting any of the lovely sponsors that have have sponsored us this Absolutely. month and last please go and, and do business and tell them that we sent you and as always uh get yourself a free audiobook right uh it's 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 easy it's free you get a book we get a monetary high five everyone's a freaking winner yep. it's 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 a win 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 situation it's uh it's what actually i've learned this today on a, on a different on the uh Planet Money Podcast, it's an arbitrage. It's it's a guaranteed uh free money. Yeah. That's the that's what an arbitrage is. I learned that just today. Well played. Yeah, I was really proud of myself for that too. Good form. Uh so uh yeah, don't forget it's audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Do that, get your thing, we get our thing, and then we all do our thing together. See, our thing is truffling. What's your thing? Yeah. So that's all. That's what we're going to do for this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been David Stecapticon. And I have been David Transformer. Yeah. I've been Johnny Five. You're alive? Beep, boop, boop. Bye. <laughs> wow. <the> burrito. <laughs> Shape changers, more blip. No, it's, 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 it's <laughs> morbid Jim Jams guys. M- morbid obese guys. Johnny, I think that you probably have one more in the cut at least. I have a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hit us, hit us. Uh, some robots were on a camping trip in the fifties, and uh, it was a big accident. Uh-huh. Nobody knows what happens. They never returned. It's a total spooky mystery. It's called uh, the Dialatov Low Pass Filter Event. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know enough for to get that. Uh, how did the robot repair his internal clock? How? Crystal healing. <laughs>
Because <laughs> it used a quartz crystal. Yeah. It's oscillator <laughs> crystals. Oh, wow. Uh, what was the favorite algorithm of robots living in Miami in the 1980s? Line detection. Because of the cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> did you guys uh, read that new article on telepresence robotics on the internet? <laughs> I, I thought I did, but I guess not. It was riveting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you guys heard about this uh, new battery charging robot? <laughs> if I say yes. <laughs> it really has potential. <laughs> oh my god! I think I think something's malfunctioned. Yeah, he's, no sh. Punbot, punbot. He's he's gone rogue. <laughs> uh, tank tread suspensions are really gaining traction in the robotics community. I right swear now. to God, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> so the police actually just arrested a robot. It's going to be appearing in circuit court soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Uh, they just made a new RPG for autonomous robots. Oh yeah. It's called Pathfinder. <laughs> I have a lot more, so yeah, stop. <laughs> That's it. We'll wait to your to your stand up at the uh, <laughs> shut. The, the problem is, is that his battery is is self charging. We <laughs> the puns are like my number one favorite thing. <laughs>